Love Talk Radio. Hollywood Boulevard podcast, hosted by Jonathan Moody and Donnie Sturgis. Hey, hey there, Dream Warriors. Uh, this is Donnie Sturgis, um, co-host of the Hollywood Boulevard podcast. Obviously, you know that, otherwise you wouldn't be listening. And uh, with me, as always, is uh, Jonathan Moody. Uh, hey, what's up? And I am not a dream warrior. I'm a dream master. Get that straight. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. <laughs> um, and... Uh, and of course, our producer Alfred Crane. Hello, hello. And uh, tonight, we uh, since we did the Friday the Thirteenth franchise last week, tonight we are going to be talking about the Nightmare on Elm Street franchise, uh, which is uh, probably my favorite out of all of the '80s slasher franchises that came out of that time period. Um, uh, it's it's one it's one of the I want to say it's one of the first horror movies that I saw, but it was one of the first horror movies. Uh, as a kid that I saw that I really just uh, really got into um, uh, as a, it just, I think it was probably around 10 years old when I first saw the first Nightmare on Elm Street, um, but we rented it because uh, I was one of those kids that grew up, you know, in a, in a Lasky kid kind of, kind of environment where my parents gave me a lot of responsibility and both had to work and stuff. So my parents were pretty loose about what I could rent from the video store. So Nightmare on Elm Street, it was one night and I loved it. I scared the shit out of me, but I loved it anyway. Um, so I guess we'll open it up with uh, uh, <coughs> Nightmare on Elm Street. Um, what was the first Nightmare on Elm Street movie you saw and when did you see it? Uh, let's go with Alfred first. Yeah, I remember, I think I saw um, Nightmare on Elm Street 2 was the first one, and I think I saw it on HBO. Uh, right. These are series of movies. I was probably, I had just moved to Virginia um, in 84, something in 86, so I was probably about in my early teens, 14, when I saw it. And it was it was creepy because it was like, I remember the the only dream movie I remember seeing before that was like Dreamscape with um, Dennis Dreamscape. Quaid. Yes. And uh, Freddy just creeped me out. It was like he couldn't die and yeah, just the thought of not being able to sleep was uh, terrifying. So, sure, Nightmare on Elm Street sure. was the first one I saw. Um, Jonathan, what about and, you? Oh, go ahead. Oh, one thing that's funny is um, while I'm thinking about it, I was a big fan of V, the series sure. where the alien invasion. Oh, yeah. And Robert Englund was so an alien. Funny in that. That, yeah, Robert Englund played the mild mannered alien who wouldn't eat animals. And, um, uh, and he's Freddy Krueger, so me and my friend Gary and his sister, we always laughed about that. Yeah, yeah, that's that's pretty cool. All right, Jonathan, what was uh, what was the first surprise <laughs> movie you saw? When did you see it? Uh, well, probably it really probably was Nightmare on Elm Street one. Um, uh, I'm not, I'm not sure, like I'm trying to remember because when I was a kid, like Freddy like freaked me out. Um, I never liked gore or any like like the makeup effects and stuff I was never into sure. because I, I just was kind of freaked out by it as a kid. Um, so I really wasn't into that, but which is funny now that I'm a horror filmmaker. 
Um, probably mm-hmm. kind of shows since I don't really do that kind of stuff, you know, when I write, uh, do stuff. But, um, you know, like I respect it a lot more now and everything. I can watch it and, and sure. love it. Um, but uh, back then I was freaked out. So, I, like, I want to say it was either Nightmare 1 that I, like, fully watched the actual whole thing of, and it was not 12 as an adult. Um, or it was probably, like, Freddy's Dead, I think, maybe. By then, ah. I started kind of get old enough where, uh, you know, I could actually watch. Uh, but the first one I ever watched in a theater, if you can count it, is Freddy vs. Jason. You know, if you can count nice, that as uh, nice. a Freddy movie, you know, technically. But, yeah. So, right. There you go. That's my answer. What about so, you, Johnny? Well, like I said, I... I like I said, about uh, this was probably like 1985, uh, age of 10, because uh, it was one of those things where my dad, I used to rent horror movies all the time when I was at that age. Because um, right around the age of 10, it was right around the time that I really got into horror. And I really, I was, I know I was really young, but uh, most kids in the 80s were that young when they started getting into horror, just like me. So it was, you know, I, I my parents rented, you know, my dad let me rent Dawn of the Dead, Return of the Living Dead, like all these other, but there was, yeah, it was Nightmare on Elm Street was the one. And I remember watching it, and uh, um, just I, it scared the crap out of me because I'm like, again, like Alfred said, like there's this guy, like you can't, like he's a master of dreams, like you can't do anything against this guy. This guy is like invincible, you know, and everything. And and, and a funny little anecdote, um, I've, I've I've told some people this story. I don't know if I've told, uh, I don't, I don't think I know I know I haven't told you, Alfred, but I don't know if I've told you, Jonathan. But funny little anecdote, true story. Uh, I was living in a trailer. We were living in a trailer park at the time that I rented that movie, or my parents rented that movie to watch. Right after we, I watched it for the first time. Um, uh, I had a dream that I was basically being chased by Freddy, and um, and yeah, it was it freaked me the hell out. Like I was just, and of course he was chasing me and everything, and I was I was running and everything. Then I remember this was right around the time where I was I was learning how to control my dreams. Like if I knew I was dreaming, I could actually like do I could actually like control it like consciously. Um, and so I was it was right around that time that I was learning how to do that. And I remembered like stopped and was like, oh, wait, this is a dream. And in the movie, you can do things in the dream. Like I can take stuff out of the dream world. So I was like, all I'll do is like I'll run up to him, I'll grab his glove off, grab it off his hand, and when I wake up. I'll have the glove. He won't have it anymore, and then he won't bother me ever again. Weird 10-year-old logic. So I do it. I actually he, – he comes after me. He goes to – he you know, reaches to, to, to come after me with the glove. I grab the glove. I pull it off his hand, and I wake up. This is, and this is probably like – I think it was a weekend. So I wake up. It's like 9 o'clock in the morning um, somewhere in there because it's daylight out. I'm laying there, and I feel something cold and metal in my back. I lay there for what feels like three days, laying there, not moving, just scared shitless, thinking, oh, my God, I did it. I actually did it. I actually – it's real. I actually pulled this glove out of the dream, and, it's in, and I'm laying on it. It's in my back. I don't know. It took forever for me to finally move a muscle, but when I finally did, I, pull, I, I finally managed to roll over to, 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 to just you know, grab the, the uh, success of my, of, of, of my spoils or whatever and – Turned out it was the zipper to the sleeping bag that I was using as a blanket for my bed. Oh God, that's awesome! True story. I I love that story to death because it was it was like at the time I thought it was so real. Um, but yeah, uh, long story short, too late. 
Uh, Nightmare on Elm Street one um, is the is the first one. I because I became a fan ever since, uh, despite the you know the uh, waning quality of the movies. Uh, I still love them to all the depth for different reasons. Um, for okay, next thing I want to get into is uh, let's just get into Wes Craven a little bit. Um, you know, Wes Craven is the creator of Nightmare on Elm Street. Um, I don't, a lot of people probably know this, and some don't. Uh, that the origin, the origins for Freddy Krueger came from two places. One, it came from a series of newspaper articles that Wes Craven had read uh, when he was younger uh, about the sleep disorder, where I think it was kids in like uh, what was it, Malaysia? Um, oh man, uh, Southeast Asia. Uh, about these about these men from Southeast Asia that were having nightmares, and they kept talking about how uh, they were. Um, like there was this one kid in this village that had a, had this nightmare and he and he didn't want to go to sleep and he was trying to do everything and and then all of a sudden like he died in the in, in his sleep uh, during one of these nightmares or whatever and so like it was this huge phenomenon and then the other place where he got the Freddy Krueger idea from was from he I guess he had a janitor I guess his last name was also Krueger who uh, had had a similar type of appearance like sweater hat kind of thing. And he was kind of a scary guy. So those two things are what were, were, what went into the creation of Freddy Krueger. Um, right. so can I, can I say as... something real quick? Can I, sure. can I uh, interject real quick? Um, I sure. just want to point out that uh, a really cool like nod to that was in Scream. Um, if you want right. to scream, there's a scene where Wes Craven himself plays a right. janitor named Krueger, right. you know, who Henry Winkler as the principal – Here's something right. out, and you know Wes Craven looks over and goes, "Huh? Oh, what?" You know, and he goes, "Oh, nothing, <laughs> Kruger," and he walks away. And it was a right. total nod and total awesome thing that Wes Craven allowed in the film, which I'm surprised. Like I know he jokes on himself a lot or whatever, but I like sure. almost I feel kind of like that was that was awesome, but not many people would get it and, and get sure. where all of that came from and left. They hear something like this. Sure, Go, sure. Continue on. No, that was a good. It was a good anecdote. Um, so, of course, you know, Wes Craven went ahead in, in his first feature film. Uh, well, not his first feature film. I don't know why I said that. Um, his first, his first big film for for New Line Cinema, which you know, um, again, most people don't realize that New Line Cinema, uh, their entire success was based off of the first night. In fact, they called it the 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 house that Freddie built. Because New Line Cinema was a distributor beforehand, and they were almost ready to go under, and then they decided to make this small little film that, that Wes Craven brought to them, and it made them fucking like millions of dollars, and they they suddenly became like a like a movie studio. So, I want to get into the first film, uh, the origins of, of of Nightmare on Freddy and everything. So, um, let's talk about like um, let's talk about the first Nightmare on Elm Street film. What uh, let's just put this out there. Like, um, do you guys like the movie? Like, what? Like, I'm a huge fan. I love the movie. Uh, what? What? What do you like and not like about it? Because I know, I know, Moody. I know you said that you're not a big fan of the Nightmare on Elm Street films. So let's start with that. Why? Why do you not really care about the film so much? Well, I mean, like I said, uh, I think it really has to do with the fact that I didn't grow up on it. You know, sure. and everything, um, as opposed to you guys who uh, seem to have to have at least liked it when you were younger. Um, I didn't. Um, I, I do respect it, and I do, and, and we'll get into like my favorites or whatever. Like, sure. I think that's one of the topics and yep. stuff. And I mean, 
I just I think I think what it is like what it can uh, boils down to is that look I don't hate it by any means. Sure. I, I mean I in fact right. I enjoy it, but it's one of those things where um, I I prefer like Jason movies over Freddy movies. Um, right. Just because Jason uh, to me is um, it, it's more about the, the the other characters more or less about the villain. You know even though. Jason's sure. going around slaughtering people. It's a lot about the the people in the camp and the things that they're doing. Right. And these, it is about that, but it's also really about like Freddie making wisecracks, or later becomes that more about him doing wisecracks and and everything like that. So I don't know. I think I think it more has to do with the fact that I just didn't enjoy um, like a slasher slasher, and not like right. a, you know uh, I don't know what you call Freddie. He's not necessarily a he is a slasher, I guess, you know, but, uh, right. you know, that, that's the kind of thing that I prefer. So I don't know. I, I don't really know why. I just, I think sure. that's my thoughts. Well, what even, uh, so, okay. So as a person who prefers Friday the 13th over Nightmare on Elm Street, what are some things about Nightmare on Elm Street that you actually do like, maybe even over Friday the 13th or if, if anything, or some things that you can actually like look at Nightmare and go, that's actually really good. I like that aspect of it. Oh, well, I, I like the. I was rewatching uh, Nightmare on Elm Street four, and I like the music a lot more. <laughs> sure, that, sure. Like, I think I feel like they have, honestly, they have a bigger budget, and maybe that's why it's oh, taking yeah. them longer to make movies and stuff like that, and, and whatnot. They have a bigger budget, and I I feel like that makes it cooler in a way, you know, or whatever. That's what I prefer. Like if if. Uh, you know, I guess if Friday the Thirteenth had the bigger budget um, that that they gave, they did in, in the newest Friday the Thirteenth. But like, if they really had like the budget that Nightmare on Elm Street did back in the day uh, when they worked with Paramount uh, for Friday the Thirteenth, I think that they would have uh, they would have been even cooler, you know, and definitely sure. still surpass Nightmare. But I think the budget would be my 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 answer. Okay. All right, Alfred. Let's turn it over to you. Um, first Nightmare movie. What uh, What are your likes and dislikes? Um, are you a huge fan of the franchise, or are you just kind of an average, kind of like casual viewer? Like what uh, What 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 is it about Nightmare on Elm Street that that you like and don't like? Oh, I I enjoyed them. Um, it was like one of, one of those things. that was like it was like big when I was growing up, and. Sure. Um, and looking back on the cast, I mean, you had Johnny Depp in there, and um, it's sure. like he was making stuff when I knew him more from Twenty One Jump Street than his film. Yes, Depp. yes. And um, and then you have people like John Saxon, who's a great like character actor in a lot of these. Films. Oh yeah, absolutely. And Heather Langenkamp, she's just a hottie. <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah. I I, I think um, everybody that I knew had a crush on her when that movie came out. Yes. And then it was it was cool. I mean, it seems like movies more often than not in the '80s that had like a trilogy seem to do this. You would have the one that got it kicked off, then the second one would be kind of related to it, and then the third sure. one would have the same characters again. And they kind yeah, of did right. this with Elm Street ones. I was reviewing them. Two, they kind of went with a with a different set of characters, and then three, they went back to the ones from some of the ones from the first right. one. And like um, Jonathan alluded to, I like Freddy's wisecracks. I mean, 
Because Jason and Michael, it's just like you just get full-on violence and hatred. But Freddie's got sure. to throw these Arnold Schwarzenegger-worthy, Clint Eastwood-worthy <laughs> lines in there that kind of take the sting out of what he's actually doing when he's killing these people. Sure, sure. And um, and it reminds me of um, we, we used to do Halloween in my house, and um, well, my friend Gary had this inflatable Freddy Krueger that for oh, he nice. got for some Christmas. So when the kids would come trick or treat, and they'd ring the doorbell, and then the door would open, and we'd 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 yell, and this push this big Freddy Krueger was like six feet tall out the door, and people just freaked out. <laughs> it was a lot of fun. But um, it was me, Gary, and Jason doing that. And um, but no, it was just good stuff. I kind of stopped. Well, I haven't seen New Nightmare or the new the new redo. But um, we'll probably right. get to those um later. But I I enjoyed them. They were they were fun at the time. I really haven't given my stuff to watching them again in a while. But after this, I'll probably give them a shot again. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. So as far as I'm concerned, like, and this is. I think it's one of the reasons why the the first nightmare um, is to me the scariest of all of them. And I think two is close behind because by the time you get to three and four, uh, Freddy almost becomes almost more like an anti, not really an anti-hero, but uh, more of a person to root for than in the first couple. I mean, you kind of, I kind of root for Nancy in the first movie and maybe Jesse a little bit in the second one. Um, but I think the thing that I love about Nightmare on Elm Street and it's, and and like you were talking about with Dreamscape, that was right on the time where suddenly you had like these movies coming out about dreams. Um, they came out relatively close to each other, um, but I was fascinated with the idea of dreams at the time. Uh, again, because like I said, I was I was a kid. I read this article uh, about how you could like do like you you know you if you could figure out a way to 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 harness your dreams by, by like recognizing when you're dreaming that you're in a dream, you could actually start doing stuff with it. And I was trying to teach myself how to do that. And it was, it was working. Um, I was really fascinated with dreams at that time anyway. So dreamscape had come out and I loved everything. I loved the, uh, the imagery. I loved the idea that you could just manipulate whatever you wanted to with this world. It was like, it was almost like a live video game or, or like an, like an unconscious video game of sorts. So Nightmare on Elm Street like took that and just elevated it, but it made it like like horrifying. It, it was like the opposite of Dreamscape, where it took the it took all the things that you thought, oh, this is really cool, and went, this is the horrible aspects of, of if you're in a nightmare. And I was like, holy crap, this is this is horrible. At the same time, being a horror fan, I still loved it. Like I love being scared, so it just it was thrilling at the same time. It was like an adrenaline rush. Um, but for Nightmare, um, I just I loved everything. I loved the the backstory. I loved the hauntingness because it, it almost is kind of like a haunted house movie of sorts. And I love haunted house movies because really it's like he's haunting your dreams he's not really haunting a house he's haunting your dreams and so you've got this this undead killer who's assaulting these teenagers and there's nothing they can do about it and so i just in the music uh elmer bernstein's musical score for it was really haunting and, and effective uh like you said uh john saxon character actor from movies like um um uh oh my god um i had it i had it in my head enter the dragon and stuff like that um and then, you know, Heather Langenkamp, you know, Johnny Depp and everything like that. Like every like everybody was really good. I just and you had this uh this this thing where you had this divorced family, which I could kinda relate to, not in the fact that my that, like I was coming from a, a divorced household, but I was a Latsky kid, so I was on my own a lot and so I I kinda connected to Nancy and stuff, but um I loved all of the little elements, like the little like 
to things that Freddie would do. Like he would, like he would taught the, the, the students, like he would, like he, he would let you know that nothing you could do against him would hurt him. Like he would hurt himself. He'd cut his fingers off and go, ha ha, see, nothing bothers me. And so you're like, how can I defeat a guy like that? Like that guy's just warped. Um, I love you know, the, him being able to go through like, uh, uh, prison bars and just, there's everything about that movie. that just, I love every little single beat of that film. Um, so that's that's one of the things that I loved about the first one, and it may be a huge fan of the franchise going onward. Um, I've seen every single one. The only one that I've seen in theaters is Freddy vs. Jason as well, because, I mean, I, I, we didn't get to go see movies a lot when I was a kid, So because um, we were poor. But, um, uh, but yeah, the... Actually, no. I actually got to see Wes Craven's New Nightmare in theaters. I take that back. I did see, I see, I did see New Nightmare in theaters. Um, so... Now that I've wrapped that up, uh, let's go on to Nightmare on Street 2, which is the oddball out, kind of. Um, well, uh, as uh, some people might do that real quick, hey, uh, before we get right into that, Rob Lindsay had a question uh, that he oh, wanted us hello to again, ask. And so, yeah, hello again, and Rob. He said, uh, he said, do you guys think that Robert England is the reason that the Nightmare on Elm Street franchise is as big as it is? And um, so there we go. Uh, thank you, Rob, uh, for asking. And, uh, Donnie, what do you think? What, wait, what's the, what, the Robert Englund is the reason why what again? Nightmare on Elm Street franchise is as big as it is. Oh, um, yeah, no, I think, I totally think that Robert Englund had a lot to do with it. Because the thing about, Robert Englund made that character. Like, he made that character his own. There's a reason why they're having such a hard time doing a new Nightmare on Elm Street. They tried to do a remake of Nightmare on Elm Street with uh, what's-his-name from Watchmen, and it failed. And a lot of that is because you just, like, Robert Englund is synonymous with Freddy Krueger. It's not like Jason. There's been, like, what, five different Jasons, six different Jasons. You can, you, he hides behind a mask. You can, you can have a different person play Jason every time. It's, it's, there's really, there's really nothing to it. Like, you can, you know, you just lumber and, and, and be menacing and everything. But Freddie, Freddie is a, is a personality. Like he's distinctive and Robert Englund put everything of himself into that role. And so, yeah, I, I think a lot of, I think almost all the popularity of that franchise. I mean, that's why Robert Englund kept coming back is he was the only one that was consistent throughout the entire series. Even new line knew uh, when they did nightmare on Elm street two that they made a mistake because they didn't hire Robert Englund originally. They thought that they could save money by just having some guy play Freddy Krueger in Nightmare on Elm Street 2. In fact, some of the scenes uh, that are in Nightmare on Elm Street 2 are actually filmed with the guy that they used, and he, you could tell his walk is different. He doesn't have that shift because Robert Englund has a thing where he lowers his right, um, his right shoulder like the glove is heavy. So he has that kind of, that kind of like posture that he does. And, even the even New Line knew immediately like this isn't going to work. This guy is nothing like it, and so they hired Robert Englund to finish the the rest of the film. So yeah, I totally think that Robert Englund is is I wouldn't say he's the sole reason, but he is probably ninety eight percent of the reason why that franchise is as popular as it was because people loved him as Freddy Krueger, and that's why it's almost impossible to get a, a new version of that movie off the ground right now. Yeah. Uh, what do you think, Alfred? I agree. I really. He's sometimes the the whole thing is the character and who you pick. You know, directors, characters, writers. But if uh, you got a really good actor, that can make or break something. You could have the best movie on the planet, but if you don't have the right cast, it could really destroy it. And I think sure. Robert England. He he. I really don't know much about his background before that in V, but he just kind of 
came out of like nowhere and then yep. he's like, wow, he's just fantastic. And then it's like to have this mm-hmm. kind of standing until, you know, what, 33 years later, it's amazing. Sure. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, and, and that goes to the fact that uh, Robert England is, is classically <clears throat> trained actor, and he's not just sure. a man behind a uh, mask, as, as Donnie pointed it out, but also right. that, um, yeah, he, he brings a little bit of a personality to the character where um, they did bring somebody who was classically trained as well to do it, and um, I think also the makeup just looked horrible. Sure. Uh, it caused sure. uh, people to just like it takes you out when the makeup looks that bad. We're, when we were yeah. watching Nightmare on Elm Street four yes, yesterday, I mean, uh, my brother asked the question of like if he can just transform himself, you know, like regenerate himself like he did in that movie. Why doesn't he just regenerate his face to not? And I was thinking, well, he did that. He just wouldn't be Freddy. And uh, right. I think uh, the look of his face. Uh, that he had throughout the whole series is um, is, is remarkable. So I think that like a lot of that goes into like his personality and and what he brought to the thing to make it good. Uh, and I think like yeah, I think like if Robert England, we we noticed that when Robert England wasn't Freddie, uh, the movie tank, you know, didn't do well. Sure. So uh, they're either going to have to bring him back or not. And I don't think they're going to. So we're gonna have to. They're gonna have to figure out how to make it work without England, and, and I, hopefully get the same effects. Yeah, bring and, in JJ Abrams. <laughs> <laughs> Lens flares everywhere. Um, but yeah, no, and I think it's a true testament. And I don't think it's just Freddy either, because you look like the out of all the slasher movies, quote unquote. Slash, I, I use the term loosely because um, depending on who you talk to. There's a lot of different movies that may or may not be counted among the slashers, but the general consensus is, you know, you've got your Friday 13th, you've got your Halloween, you've got your Texas Chainsaw Massacre, you've got your Nightmare on Elm Street, you've got your um, Hellraiser, which some people, which a lot of people consider part of the slasher genre, especially once it became about Pinhead in part two. Um, and then you've got like Leprechaun. And if you look at those, three of those are people where they just, like they, it didn't matter who you put behind the mask. Um, you look at you look at Halloween, you look at Friday the Thirteenth, and you look at Texas Chainsaw. All all three of those franchises had a, had a different person under the mask at some point, uh, sometimes several. But then you look at like Friday, or you look at Nightmare on Elm Street, you look at Leprechaun, you look at um, uh, you look at Child's Hellraiser. Play. Child's Play. Well, Child's Play is a little different because it's a doll, so you, 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 the, the voice is definitely very yeah. distinctive. But I I feel like that's it's it's similar, it's parallel, but not. Uh, well, okay, we'll count it. Let's let's count it. Um, but I'm talking all about right. like as far as the face go, like the the like the actual physicalness of it all. Because um, you, you, yeah, I I'll I'll let it, I'll, I'll I'll allow it. But anyway, but like with <laughs> uh, like, but I mean like even in the case of like Hellraiser and Leprechaun too, like Leprechaun, they're they're. I just found out today that they're going to re- be rebooting Leprechaun. Sci-fi is rebooting Leprechaun with a new actor. I saw a picture of the person in the makeup, and I'm like, that's not, that's not Warwick Davis. Like, wh- what? Like, Warwick Davis made that, I made that, made Leprechaun movies what they are. Same mm-hmm. thing with um, Hellraiser. Uh, Doug Bradley made Pinhead who he is, and they've tried on what two, three occasions now to replace him with a different actor. Now I know the most recent one I've heard good things about, and I've heard the guy that they got now 
uh, actually is pretty on the mark. He's close. Um, but the, I think they had one guy before that and, and maybe another guy before that, and they were horrible. So, you know, for for half of these, it's, it's you know, uh, but it's, it's not just the Freddie thing, but it's, it's in general, it's like these, these actors who bring, you know, this, this, uh, this gravitas, this, uh, this characterization, this um, animation and personality is, is really important. Um, so again, long story short, too late. That's the answer to your question, Rob. Thank you so much again for, for writing in. You are basically our biggest fan right now. And I appreciate it. Uh, even though I keep snubbing you all the time. Um, I'm going to make that a running gag. I'm just going to, it's just going to happen. Definitely. <laughs> hey, hey y'all, we got two minutes until seven. We'll drop off live because just for the final 15 on the, the recorded podcast. All right. So, um, let's see. I've got a lot of talking points. But we're not going to be able to get through all of them. So what I'm going to do is I'm just going to, I'm just going to zoom right through nightmare, nightmare two, um, nightmare two. I'll just briefly state, I think is an underrated film. A lot of people knock it and think that it's the weakest of the franchise or one of the weakest. And I don't agree with that. Only because I think Nightmare on Street, Nightmare on Street Two, I think still manages to live. Like to me, Nightmare on Street Two is almost just as scary as the first one. Um, and this before this back, this is back when Freddy was still like he wasn't really uh, like like you know he wasn't taunting as much. He was still kind of really more menacing and everything. Um, and of course, we could talk about the uh, the homosexual subtext until the cows come home. It's been talked about uh, ad nauseum. I know uh, again. Like last week when we talked about there's a documentary uh, uh, on the Nightmare on Elm Street franchise. I think it's done by the same guys who did the Friday the 13th documentary. Um, it's not as in-depth as the Friday the 13th documentary, but it's still very, very good. They interview all the important people. Um, they go into every uh, movie in the franchise. Uh, I, I don't remember what the name of it is off the top of my head, um, but it's also really, really good. Uh, I have it on Blu-ray or maybe DVD. I don't remember which. Uh, but it's it's very good, and there's a lot of really good stuff in there. And they talk ad nauseum about the homosexual subtext in Nightmare Two. Everybody know, or everybody like even the guy who played Jesse, who ended up uh, coming out as gay himself many many years ago. Uh, he even admits that he saw it was in there, and that's one of the reasons why he wanted to play the character. For some reason, the director insists that he never never uh, never saw the subtext. He never saw it. But now that he looks at it, he goes, okay, yeah, I can see it now. But I'm just like, no, you're full of crap. Like, everybody who was making that movie when it was made could see it. Um, so anyway, fast-tracking through that. Now um, I want to talk about the direction of the franchise because the movie franchise went from being uh, a scary – like because Wes Craven wanted to do a single film, uh, basically just a standalone film that was just, you know, the scary – and it became – it turned into – uh, something completely different. It turned almost into like by the end, by the time you get to Freddy's Dead, the final nightmare, Freddy has almost has ter- practically turned into Bugs Bunny at this point, almost literally, because he even starts to do gags from Bugs Bunny in Freddy's Dead. So I want to talk about the direction <laughs> of the franchise. The, uh, I guess as as we get because Dream Warriors was a really good uh, uh, again. Wes Craven came back to write that one and kind of push it in a, in a in a better direction. But then by the time we got to four and five and six, it started to get a little bit goofier. Freddy started to have more one liners, like you said, like Arnold Schwarzenegger and stuff. So, uh, Alfred, what do you think? Like, 
as far as the direction of the franchise, do you think it went in a good direction or do you think it was a misstep? Like, do you like that it went more cartoony by the end or did you, do you prefer the horror aspects of the first couple of, of, of installments? I actually enjoyed Hell Up more, but sometimes it was just my humor is kind of funny, so I just enjoyed that. Sure. Sometimes it's scary stuff like that. It just takes, like I was saying, the sting out of it. And they, I think sometimes when things get tired, they just start, it's almost like when we were talking with the Batman franchise, it went from really good, you know, Michael Keaton's Batman, you know, that genre to the Joel Schumacher's. It kind of almost, Right, but like it's the same thing, except they weren't as bad as the Schumacher Batman's. But I will say, I did like Nightmare on Elm Street three. I loved the Dream Warrior song by Dawkins. <laughs> oh hell yeah, that's a great song. So that was pretty cool. All right. Um, so, yeah. so what about what about? Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, that was it. That was it. Oh, all right, Jonathan. Um, I have a feeling you're going to be a little different on this one, but I could be wrong. Uh, what do you think? Like. What do you think about the direction the franchise took, where it went from like pure horror to being more of a campy kind of silly one-liner kind of of, of film uh, later on well, in the installments? Well, I'm kind of a, I'm a comedy guy myself. Like I like comedy. Um, I mean, sure. I remember like I said, uh, Nightmare on Elm or uh, Friday Thirteenth Part uh, Eight was like my favorite because it had comedy sure. in it, and it was like right. one of the first times I've seen that really in a horror film, uh, other than. Nightmare on Elm Street, which I hadn't really watched um, and didn't know it had comedy in it. Um, yeah, I, I like that. Like, I, I enjoy the one-liners. Um, uh, so, in the direction that it took, I think it did go a little goofy, you know, at times. Right. Like, Freddy's dead with him way going over. Like, you know, there's one part where he's, like, flying on a broomstick and shit, like, uh, yep. at the Wicked Witch of the West yeah. and stuff. Yep. Like, I mean, it was just trying so hard to like go overboard with the uh, oh, yeah. comedy and that's why like you know um, the last two movies that they did other than the, uh, Freddy vs. Jason but uh, they did uh, was it uh, Wes Craven's New Nightmare and Freddy sure. or, uh, and, uh, the, and the new Nightmare on Elm Street they tried both times to kind of bring it back to the serious right. Freddy with a little bit of comedy but not you know overboard right. slapstick goofy shit going on um, right. I think, you know, maybe part three, even part three, though, like Dream Warriors had a little bit of like it started to kind of do that, but it wasn't overboard. Yeah. It was really four, sure. five and six that really just like they're like, what right. the fuck? Let's just have fun with this. And yeah. uh, they, you know, they, and hey, they were all successful films. You know, I don't think other than if you look at Leonard, if you look at Leonard Moulton's. You know, uh, he used to have, like, this big uh, book of, like, reviews or whatever. And I reviewed yeah, I, I remember, a Nightmare I, on Elm Street. I have that book. And I, I remember him saying Nightmare on Elm Street 4 uh, was a bomb to him. And he said that he hated it because one of the things, like, he was like, Freddy got brought back by flaming dog urine. And I thought, <laughs> like... I mean, he could have been brought back anyway. Like, it didn't matter. The whole idea was he got brought back because uh, enough thought was, you know, and that, that's explained later in uh, other movies, uh, like Freddy's versus Jason and stuff like that, where if you if you are scared of him enough, you have enough fear of Freddy, he comes back. So, 
you know, and uh, Kristen had a lot of fear, and that's why he got brought back by sure. dog urine of, of, of anything, you know. But I, I still I, I agree that that was, was a little little on the crazy side of why he was he was brought back, you know. But kind of was funny, that the right. one where you know. Directed kind of like the Terminator, where it's kind of stop motion and his flesh all started coming back and building on his bones, or like he was being reanimated. Yeah. Well, that is. Yeah. Was that in three yeah. or four? That was that was in four. Four. It was stop right. motion animation. And it was like his bones being brought back to life, and then his flesh regenerated, and he became Freddy again. You know, and that was it was right. pretty cool, all because of flaming dog urine. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> all right, well, all right. Uh, yeah, um, I guess. So, what are you, what are your thoughts, uh, Donnie? You didn't. Actually, I don't think you said your thoughts. Um, I'll I'll keep them short and sweet. I because uh, I, I I've kind of touched upon this already throughout the evening, but. Uh, I, I'm more a fan of the of the of the darker, more serious, more horror version of Freddy Krueger. I like I like because even in the first one, he does have a few he does say a few little quips here and there, but they're more menacing and they're more about him. He's 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 not really just quipping just to kind of be a funny goofy guy. He's quipping more to 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 just like sinisterly taunt you, like make you just feel worse, like just you know just to kind of he's laughing at your pain. He's 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 laughing at your fear. Whereas in the later ones, he's doing it just because he's kind of become a cartoon character. And so even like, even in three, like when the quips started becoming more fast and furious and he started throwing them out more, I still felt like there was still enough medicine there where like, you know, when he says, you know, it's your big break in TV, let's go, you know, bump up the prime time, bitch. That isn't meant to be like, like a, like a wink at the camera. He is taunting her because her fear, she is scared shitless and he's laughing at her fear. And that's what I like. I like the Freddy Krueger that quips because he's using it to laugh at your fear and to laugh at the fact that you just there's nothing you can do about it. When you get to four, five, and six, it, the quips are more about <laughs> just quipping to wink at the audience, going, "Hey, I just made it funny. What did you think, guys? You watching this movie?" And so, and don't get me wrong, I still love every Freddy Krueger. I love every Nightmare on Elm Street movie to death because uh, even at the end of the day, the worst one, even Freddie's dead has some merits to it. Alice Cooper was a very inspired touch as his dad. Um, but I just, it's so goofy. It's the one I watched the least. And of course I, I love new nightmare because it got back to the horror roots. I love the meta aspect of it. I love the idea that somebody just took a, took the idea of going, Hey, what if we made the movie and put it in the real world? I thought I was like, Holy shit. Someone actually did that. They did. They went last action hero with it. And I loved it. Um, <laughs> yeah. So that's I I really I really and, and Freddy and Freddy vs Jason I thought was fantastic it was a lot of fun it was what we wanted it was what we needed um, so that's pretty much my mm-hmm. my I love the earlier films more than later ones I will watch one two every Halloween I will watch one two and three uh, without hesitation uh, so that's where I am with that um, so let's quickly put out their uh, favorite Nightmare on Elm Street film uh, I've already said the first one is my favorite. Um, so I'll 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 put that and leave that alone. Uh, Alfred, well, what's your about, favorite Nightmare on Elm Street? Well, I okay. was going to say, what's your favorite sequel? Say, what's your favorite sequel? Because my, like my favorite... obviously we're probably all going to say the first one. You know, really? Because the first one, I would say, I mean, the first one I, is I, the, I, to me, honestly, the best. I, I mean, honestly I didn't know. think I you were going to say that. No, the, I honestly figured you might say one of the other ones. Yeah, no, sure. I mean, I, no. As far as sequels go, four is my favorite. But uh, okay. as far as uh, as far as um, 
you know, movies go, the Nightmare on Elm Street first one is by far the uh, favorite. But what about you, Alfred? What's your favorite? Well, I'm going to break that mold and say three is my favorite. <laughs> oh. That's, right, that's a solid one. That's a, a solid one. one. Um, if 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 we were if we were doing the sequel thing, I'd have to say three is probably my favorite as far as the sequels are concerned, uh, just because mm-hmm. it's just so badass. Like it's so polished. It it takes everything that you love about the first one, but then combines it with a more polishedness. It it adds that that eighties uh, hair metal kind of vibe to it that they were going for with like part six to Friday the Thirteenth and stuff. So. It, it just it's and there's a lot of imagination to part three that they, you didn't get in the previous films. Like that's one where they really started to really get creative with the kills and with the things that Freddy could do. Um, and that's it's a solid flick. And I just the setting it in a mental institution, uh, just a lot of great things about that. So yeah, if sequels, if we're doing sequels, three is my favorite. If we're doing like what's your favorite one? Period. It would be the first one. Well, I, I would I would I would say that about three because what I liked about three a lot is like is I agree like it's a team, it's a team that's sure. taking that's taking on Freddy. It's not just it's not just Heather Langenkamp even though she's in it. Um, it's right. not just um, you know it, it's not just like Patricia Arquette herself, you know, taking every and she's the final girl. There's like three people who live at the end and they you know. And they are brought back for the fourth one and killed off and fucking that was that was a little disappointing that they killed them off in the first uh, like five minutes of the freaking movie yeah. if it feels like yeah you that's know? gonna, um, that's gonna piss me. you know what was that like Alien Three you kill off like two of the right Earth oh yeah Newton and Corporal Hicks and I was like well damn I don't like that yeah. but anyways <laughs> all right so we we got four minutes left. Um, we've kind of already gone over the legacy and the future of the franchise as we've been talking. So I think we kind of covered those points pretty well, especially with Rob, uh, Rob's question. So quickly with the last four minutes, I want to quickly touch upon Freddy's nightmares, which was an attempt because again, Robert Englund got brought in to do the show because he uh, like, like, like we answered Rob's question because he was the franchise. The whole franchise was basically on his shoulders and they wanted to do an anthology series. So I went, mm-hmm. I remember watching Freddy's Nightmares when I was a when I was a young teenager. I was probably like 15 years old, uh, growing up, and it was in syndication. And it used to come on at like 11 o'clock at night after Arsenio Hall on one. I forget which channel it was when I was growing up, ooh, and ooh, I watched ooh. the hell out of that show. And yeah, exactly. Um, I loved the show. I loved the anthology because I love anthology horror shows anyway. So Freddy Nightmares mm-hmm. was was on my. I loved that show. Um, Either of you guys get a chance to see it when it originally aired, or or uh, or did you have to did you watch it later in syndication, or have you not seen it? I go remember with, watching go it when it was on syndication. Okay. And um, it was doing the same time as Dark Side and the new Twilight yes. Zone came out a couple hours earlier. Right. Monsters, but I remember they were pretty cool. I mean, the stories had nothing to do with Freddy except for the his. Rod Serling-esque's opening and closings, where kind of did his little morality tale after, <laughs> after the. Well, episode. sometimes they did. Every once in a while, Freddie would be involved in the stories. Not often, but every once in a while. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I remember yeah. that. And little known fact, um, well, actually not little known, but Toby Hooper directed the pilot that was actually based mm-hmm. on uh, on uh, on on Freddy Krueger's uh, origin story. So just oh, a little wow. fun fact there. Yeah. Toby Hooper directed the pilot for that, which was basically the origin story of Freddy Krueger. Uh, Jonathan, did, did, have you seen Freddy's Nightmares? 
I did uh, years later, you know, obviously. Um, uh, you know, one of my friends uh, has a uh, has them on like a um, hard drive because um, you oh, can't. Nice. I don't even think it's on DVD or anything yet, or or, or Blu-ray. But no, it's uh, not. So it should be, but a shelf factory should be doing it. But I'm guessing there's a problem with with different stuff licensing Probably. or whatever. But Probably. a shelf factory would be perfect for them. Um, it's about to end. So uh, I guess we're yep. gonna have to say goodbye because it's literally about to end in less than a minute. So um, thank you guys. <laughs> this is awesome. Yeah, thank you so much. We, I think we got a lot. I think we got a lot out there tonight. We talked about a lot. Yeah, definitely. Oh, see so you in your dreams. See you in your dreams. <laughs> <laughs> in your nightmares, bitch. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Have a good one, guys. Bye. Yeah. Well, good night, thanks, everybody. Johnny. Thanks, Johnny. Bye. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Have a good night. Okay. Right.